0: This is Apologies Accepted, the podcast. podcast. And I'm not Theo.
1: And I'm not Juliet.
0: And today, what are we going to do, Theo?
1: We're doing Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad in a continued um, celebration of Black History Month. All of our podcasts this month, for our consistent listeners who follow along every week, will have noticed that we did Elmo, who was our first... uh, who was a story around the first black puppeteer. Um, then we did another one, which I've already <laughs> forgot what it was.
0: Hallmark lesbians.
1: Thank you. And that was about diversity and inclusion on the Hallmark Channel. We did Aquafina, and that was largely about cultural appropriation, but then very specifically appropriation of African-American culture. And today we are going, in celebration of our 69th birthday, I am going to phrase it this way. My 69th, 69th birthday?
0: birthday? <laughs> <laughs> We're not dead yet. Like, wait a minute. My birthday's coming up, but I don't think I'm going to
1: be 69. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. I mean episode. <laughs> Where am I? What's going on? Um, and so, yes, I could make a lot of immature jokes, but I am going to restrain myself.
0: Congratulations. Uh,
1: thank you. There's a joke that's just writing itself right now. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, we're going to go hardcore.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to restrain <laughs> yourself. It's <laughs> and, and,
1: and, and sorry about that, but it is uh, not only inappropriate, but it captures the whole thing around our subject matter, which is um, a a comedy video that was done, uh, which was supposed to be the secret sex tapes of Harriet Tubman and created right. an uproar and there was an apology.
0: Right. Yes. Right, right, right. But before we get into that in detail, um, what's shaking bacon?
1: What's shaking bacon? A bunch of nothing. All I do is work. And so that is sad. Um, but I did go into PetSmart. And Ooh. while I was standing there, yeah, I had to buy dog food. And I was in line. And the line wasn't too long. But there was this guy in front of me with his puppy and his yeah. girlfriend, but the puppy's more important because they yeah. were like, oh, look at the puppy. And they had uh-huh. shopping cart filled. I mean, they, had, they clearly they had just gotten the dog, right? Aww. And all I had was a giant bag of 60 pounds of dog food. Yeah. And they looked at me and said, would you like to go in front of us? And I yeah. said, no, that's okay. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And they said, oh, no, you only have one thing and we have a lot. And I was like, great, thanks. And so I got in front of them and the woman in front of me was at the uh Till trying to make her payment and uh-huh. hold her cat in uh-huh. her arms, right? Oh my gosh! And Kitty's climbing everywhere and not yeah. as excited as the puppy to be in the in the thing. In the store, and I was yeah. like, "This is where I want to work. Aww. I want to work at a place where people bring their pets in all the time." And then, <laughs> but no, I don't because it took this woman a thousand years to make her payment. And oh, get really? out of my way so I could buy my dog food and then get back here so I could continue working. I was on my lunch break. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the other thing was, so I don't know what the kids are using anymore to control computers, but I wanted a trackpad for yeah. my work laptop. Yeah. Right? I'm glad you know what that is. Of so course. I have one that's built into the laptop, sure. and it's it's too twitchy. It's too everything. And so I just want I want a standalone wireless trackpad. Okay. That went into Best Buy to ask for one. Because I didn't know where they were. And I'm on my lunch hour and I only have so much time. Yeah. Um, and they had no idea what I was talking about. Really? Um, yes. The very nice girl who was a supervisor. Because the yes. first person I asked was like, I don't know. Um, let me call my supervisor. So the supervisor oh. comes walking through the store. It's, it's a couple of minutes. But I mean, you know, pretty fast considering yeah. it's Best Buy. And, and, you know, staffing levels being what they are. Yeah, she had no idea. I had to walk over to a square thing. It was like a, I don't know, some kind of a pad you'd put an iPad in yeah. and hold it up and run my finger across it. And it'd be like, it does this, but to the Weird. computer screen. And yeah. she still didn't know.
0: She oh my still God. did
1: not know. Right? And so, um, yeah, I, I was just like, mm, okay, thanks. I And then I went to uh, Staples the office supply store because yes. i was like fuck it they'll they'll have one no 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 did you
0: look on amazon i'm just curious
1: oh sure but i wanted it right then i oh, needed okay. it now you don't want
0: to wait for a day not even
1: <laughs> I, I needed it now it occurred to me in the morning it would help me be more efficient at work and then i was yeah, like yeah. i'm so gonna go need it right away. get one yep yeah. and totally. um oh well then our friend matt came from dc and hung out for the weekend and that was nice and we went to brunch Wasn't he just there he was, but uh, okay. his work brings him into Austin How dare he return? periodically? <laughs> 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 um, so we had a nice brunch. That was fun. And um, yeah, you know, just very fun little weekend that's evaporating that before awesome. my eyes. Monday is approaching like a steamroller. Do you have roller. Monday
0: off for President's Day or Lincoln's birthday or whatever the hell it is? You don't? Know? No, oh, that's too bad. I don't we think do. we do. Uh, well, maybe you I, will, and it'll be a pleasant surprise.
1: I haven't heard i guess james
0: Um, would probably tell you or mention it
1: somebody i hope would tell me i'm gonna show up and work and then if i find out i'm the only one yeah might keep working just so i could get shit done yeah Uh, i hear you what about you what's shaking bacon
0: oh nothing i've been working i'm still on my diet i've lost another pound or two so it's going very slowly creeping along um but, uh, you know, whatever. Um,
1: That's the healthier way to do it than losing a I ton guess. of weight all at once.
0: Allegedly, but who really knows?
1: Um, I do, because I took that pill, fentramin. And I lost a ton of weight all at once. And I I was crazy as fuck. Oh, it made me
0: so uh, efficient, that pill did. So productive and so happy. And I really liked it. And I was not angry or crazy or anything. So I'm disappointed that you didn't have the same experience.
1: Oh, I was totally happy. And I was super efficient. (laughs) And I thought everything was great. One of my friends, (laughs) I was staying with him. and, And like, I... I went out for maybe four weeks and was like, I would just set up camp and work from here, and it'll be great. And it was totally great. And it was totally fun. Uh, and I just started the the pill, and he said, Please don't take those pills in my house anymore because they make you very much more you.
0: Oh my god! That's and I was funny. like,
1: I'm taking that as a compliment because I am That's high right. as fuck.
0: <laughs> I thought you liked me.
1: <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> anyway, all that weight came back, so it's better to lose it slowly. Good for oh, you.
0: I bet I could gain it back. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> challenge. I challenge you to gain it back.
0: No problem. Um, so other than that, not much is going on. I have a haircut appointment this afternoon, which I'm totally excited about because it'll be the first time I've been out of the house in a while. And then I get to go to the pharmacy tomorrow and pick up a prescription, which again, totally exciting because I don't get to go anywhere. And today on my way back, I may actually go to Starbucks. Woo! So get some coffee.
1: Yep. And Pretty awesome. see some other people in some different environment, Starbucks versus a pharmacy. Some assholes pharmacy.
0: got masks on. Now they've lifted the mask requirement in California or whatever. No one has to wear masks anymore indoors. It's going to be a shit show.
1: Yep. And yeah. I I got nothing to say to that except I will continue to wear my mask. Yeah. Um, and maybe by the end of March, I might start believing like enough people have had it and uh maybe there's some kind of a natural break no but anyway
0: we'll keep our fingers crossed that things will get better
1: exactly yes that's how awful if we were like i hope it gets worse
0: it gets worse and we never leave our homes (laughs) Uh, all right. So let's talk about Russell Simmons. And let's talk his, about, yeah, his, what uh, controversy. So Russell Simmons, if you don't know, um, and you probably should know, um, was born October 4th, 1957. He's an American entrepreneur. What?
1: We should know his birthday.
0: Yeah. you should know his birthday. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he was born I 10 years before, before us approximately, um, He's, as I said, an American entrepreneur. He's a record executive and a writer, and he's known as the godfather of hip-hop. He co-founded the hip-hop label Def Jam Recordings, which is seminal label. Um, it spawned the careers of Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, and Jay-Z, and went on to found Def Comedy Jam, Def Poetry Jam, and Fat Farm Clothing, uh, along with social change initiatives like the Hip-Hop Summit Action Network and Diamond Empowerment Fund. Wow. So Simmons has been a liberal activist since at least the 1990s He now at least calls himself a Christian yogi Which I guess is a Christian who does yoga
1: Or a Christian who, because yogis are also teachers They're like spiritual teachers, but yeah, there's that comp- I don't know
0: I don't know, I don't know what he means by a yogi Because I don't think he teaches yoga <laughs> So I don't know, I mean, is he a teacher of some other kind? Maybe um, He's vegan in support of animal rights and the environment yeah. uh, Huh? didn't know oh yeah it's true he practices transcendental meditation and works with david lynch to make it available for all children who want to learn transcendental meditation Um, but in august 2013 um in seeming contrast to all that he launched the controversial harriet tumman sex tape comedy skit on his youtube channel which is called all deaf digital this led Um, predictably, to public outrage and many critics demanding an apology. The video featured an actress portraying the abolitionist Harriet Tubman having sex with her slave owner in order to film the act and blackmail him to work on the Underground Railroad. Tubman spent nearly 30 years as a slave before escaping in 1849, and she led hundreds of slaves to freedom as part of the anti-slavery resistance network known as the Underground Railroad. And I think you have more information on Harriet Tubman.
1: I have a ton more information on Harriet awesome. Tubman. Let's hear it. Uh, and and I just knew that it was going to be the Russell Simmons part that would be like, oh, that's what Juliet's probably really going to focus on. So yeah. I'll look at like the yeah. history of blah, blah, blah. And so do you recall um, when you first learned about Harriet Tubman?
0: No. You I'm sh- sure it was in grade school.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I do remember, uh, and it was in the third grade and it was with a children's book and we would have like reading hour where the teacher just let us read any book we wanted. And oh, cool. that was in the our little library. library. And I probably read that like four or five times because I just thought that was such an amazing story. Wow. And honestly, I hadn't really any idea about slavery or like it just... This part of my education had not happened yet. Right, maybe right, I, right. Maybe I knew there were slaves or whatever, and I knew there weren't anymore, but that would be like the all I had. So uh-huh. so I just found it fascinating. And of course, the the children's book obviously petitioned petitioned? No, it didn't petition anything. It positioned Harriet uh, Tubman as the hero. Cool. Sure. So
0: I hope you're not gonna tell me that's not true, and Harriet Tubman was a horrible person.
1: She, oh my God. <laughs> Well, she did try and blackmail her master with a sex tape. (laughs) Found that out. Thanks, Russell Simmons. Um, So I thought, and I have very old-fashioned notes here. I'm going to apologize in advance for paper rustling. I am going to apologize Mm -hmm. to your husband and my personal hero, Brent, uh, for all of that. Uh, But we had... We had a visitor here who was staying in the guest room, which is where my pod closet is. So I couldn't yes. get in here and type my notes up. I had all Understandable. weekend, but I
0: didn't. <laughs> Understandable.
1: <laughs> all right, cool. So let's take a real quick look at, like, not so well, kind of like, what is slavery? Where did it, how did it, how did it get here in the states? What uh-huh. what what were the conditions that Harriet Tubman was born into, and then. A little bit about, like, what was her life story, what she actually do, and then uh, then we can do the sex tape. And then I'm thinking it'd be interesting to look at, like, heroes, historical figures, personal heroes, whatever, who, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, people make fun of her, whatever. Um, okay, so, the United States and slavery. Um, essentially, the U.S. started without slavery— but we did have a form of free labor called indentured servitude. Indentured servitude, so people would leave Europe and come to the states for a period of seven to ten years and work for a specific person who paid for their passage from Europe to the states. And the deal was that after your time, be it seven years or ten years, I think seven was more common, um, you were free from your servitude. Mm-hmm. And you were given tools or land. And the idea was you were sort of in an apprenticeship. You went to work for somebody who maybe was a baker. You learned the art of baking and then you could be a baker. Right. Okay. Um, So that was a deal. It wasn't hereditary. Uh, It came with an end date and it came with a benefit at the end. Also, it came with some issues because you had white people who were working sometimes in deplorable conditions, and they didn't like it. So they ran away. And because they were white, they blended into the population. So you right. run from Virginia territory into, I don't know, make it up, South Carolina. Come and find sure. me, motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, not not so great. So in 1619, the Dutch brought a ship full of Africans intended for indentured service, indentured servitude, so okay. they weren't actually brought here and sold as slaves as we understand slavery they were sold under the guise of you're dent- going to be indentured servants but some things started to add up really is this really-
0: something they chose to do themselves
1: i no i don't think that okay i don't think that i think they okay. were um i it don't know it just
0: wasn't permanent
1: so the idea was um there just wasn't this idea of like hereditary slavery. Right. But of course we, we had slaves. because We had slaves in Rome and it, so people understood what slavery was, sure. but, but this idea that, uh, that somebody who had a child, that child would be a, a slave. slave. Right. Yeah. I don't think was, was really there. I could be wrong about that, but, okay. um, but I'll point out to some of the things that made black people, um, incredibly interesting to the moneyed uh white what do i want to call them capitalist cool sure um and it was oh they're black they can't run away anywhere they bear the mark of slavery all over their body that really was a thing you couldn't brand an indentured servant because they were technically free they just right. had a job with you for seven to ten years, and they whatever you the whatever living conditions you gave them, that's what they had, right? right? So it did suck for indentured servants, and some of them were worked to death. Oh, um, but they were white, and they had white family in Europe, and they had legal recourse. Whereas black people who were brought in didn't have any resources, didn't have access to family because they're you know their family was another continent away, an ocean away, right. um, and so. That I think is really what brought brought Africans into slavery in the states. It was simply that uh, they looked different enough from the powerful people that uh, you just you knew that person had to be a slave, right? Right. Okay. So um, so regardless of what and why and where and how. In the mid-1600s, the colonies began to pass slave codes, and it was illegal for slaves to own property, it was illegal for slaves to get married, it was illegal for slaves to read or write. All these things had been open to indentured servants. Mm -hmm. So there's a real clear line between, oh, all these issues that we had with indentured servants, we're not going to have with this group of servants because we're going to make sure from the start that none of it can happen. Um, ah. Yes. And so that sucks. Um, and we'll just say that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Of course, slavery sucks. Uh, slavery was legal throughout all 13 colonies. And in the Constitution, I would introduce you to Article 4, Section 2, Clause 3, which basically states, hey, um, if, if you're in some kind of uh, bondage, they don't use that word, Uh, They basically say, if you're enslaved and you go into another territory, you are not considered free. And so um, while the Constitution does not specifically mention the word slave or slavery, the institution itself is enshrined. And we made certain, we being, you know, white people, um, that... Okay, cool. We've, we've got a legal reason that somebody can always be in perpetual servitude. Uh, things kick off in 1793. There were slaves. There were a lot of slaves. They were working a lot in the fields. But in 1793, Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin, and there was an explosion in the South in slaves because the cotton gin made Processing cotton so much faster and easier. It really was spinning gold into, I mean, spinning straw into gold, essentially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, let's see here. It's slavery in the North. So, so in the South, it's agrarian. You need the labor. But then also, you have this massive industry, cotton. And you have this tool that all of a sudden appears that makes growing cotton even a better investment. And so you need more labor to deal to with support
0: that industry, right?
1: The North had a lot of rivers. And so basically it just had a lot of uh, mechanical assistance. And yeah. so the North was much more industrial and it's sure after a while in the North, there was this, well, maybe I shouldn't have slaves. It's, it's kind of bad. Yeah. And there was a religious thing too about, oh, you know, if somebody's a Protestant, you really can't keep them in slavery, but you can keep, people of other religions in slavery. So there was Uh all this like goofy justification um, going on for maintaining slaves. And into this system is born in 1820 to 1822. We're not sure because uh, her birth was not documented. Um, Araminta is born and she was known as Minty as a child to her family. Uh Uh, She had several brothers and sisters and uh, the I, I struggle with these with these words. Um, I, you know, the easy word to use is master. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'll try and use enslaved and enslaver, but everybody, mm-hmm. I'm also a little lazy, and I'm just going to fall back on old habits. So her enslaver um, rented Minty out, starting at about the age of twelve, mm-hmm. to work in other people's fields and. One of her jobs was lifting bags of sweet potatoes onto a cart. And she became physically pe- strong because of all of the manual labor that she was doing. Okay. Um, and she got to keep a little bit of the money that she earned. The master, wa- see, I just did it. Um, her enslaver, was bad, but you know, not as bad as some. Right. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. she got she got to keep some money. And her idea was she was going to save up for her freedom. And then she would then work and free her family. Well, that never, ever, ever happened. And she would get sick periodically. And then one day during a final uh, during a bout of illness, her um, enslaver decided I need to sell her. She's too much trouble. Mm -hmm. And so she heard she was going to be sold. And uh, and became obviously very frightened. She ran away and hid for five days and she was hiding on the property uh, behind a pig trough. And after mm-hmm. five days, she came out and she was whipped and bore yeah. those scars on her back for the rest of her life. Um. Anyways, the idea of like running away was there. So her enslaver had decided that he was going to sell her anyway. Um, and she started praying that he would change his heart and he did not so then she started to pray that he would die oh boy and he did Oh boy! a few days later wow yeah and so unfortunately for minty though um his wife inherited all of his property which included minty and -hmm. his wife decided it was just better to sell as many uh slaves as she could and sell as much property as she could and just figure out life later, right? Uh So she was selling everything. So when um, Minty got word of that, she and her brothers decided, we're gonna run away. And they ran into the woods, but her brothers, after a couple of hours, were like, we could actually really die out here. This was not a great idea. Um, Minty, we're gonna go back and we'd rather be sold to another farm and know that we're gonna live, yeah. then die a miserable death in the woods. Right. And so, they went back. Wow. Um, Minty, however, did eventually um, escape, but prior to her escape, I have to share a story with you. Okay. Um, so, her brothers went back, and um, I don't know that they were whipped, but they were definitely sold, right? And Minty herself uh, was in this gray zone of waiting for, am I going to be sold? What's going to happen to me? And she went into a general store. And while she was in the store, an uh, African slave had escaped from a plantation and ran into the store. He was on the run. I don't know why he ran into the store looking for safety. The, yeah. the I forget what you call them, slave rustlers. I suppose, were after him. And the store owner looked at Minty and said, hold him while I go get some rope because I need to tie him up. Uh-huh. And Minty refused.
0: Uh-huh. And,
1: and that moment, the slave ran out the door. So the store owner picked up a heavy weight that was sitting on the countertop and threw it at either. Here's where, you know, historians will jump into this. Threw it either at the running at the man running away to stop him. Yeah. Or threw it at Minty for not helping him, A or B, or she got in the way, or some stories have it. She heroically put her own body in the way of Uh. this missile, but it struck her in the center of the forehead and it fractured her skull. And for the rest of her life, she was subject to seizures and uh, momentary, I'll call them comma lapses. Um, It was known as somnambulism, I think back then. Um, And so she would go into these deep, deep, deep sleep states from which she could not be woken. And when she would come out of those states, she had very vivid dreams, and she would talk about how God was instructing her and in what her calling was. And her I calling see. was to rescue her people. I see. And part of that uh, becomes the reason why she's known as as Moses, um, or was known as Moses uh, during uh, the Underground Railroad time. So you could tell like oh my notes are just sort of all over the place and now i'm just really reaching for what i can remember and connect this all together um after she struck in the head and after she has her seizures and her yeah. meetings with god and after she receives a message that this is her life's work and this is what she's meant to do she leaves and she was in maryland Uh, which was a border state and the border states were a little more loose with the slave laws. There weren't as many slaves. The slave population in Maryland was 13% compared to South Carolina, where it was 55%. Wow! And so people in Maryland weren't as uptight about enforcing the slave. I don't know, slave code like, Oh, you're a black person walking alone. What are you doing? Where are you going? Where are your papers? Right. Um, so she got away and she got to Philadelphia. And I and I present all that not to say like she had an easy time of it uh, and because people weren't really watching out for her. But that was one of the reasons why she was able to get away. Okay. Um, so she sold to walk through the woods. Uh, the best way to run was in the rain or up a river so that you right. could get rid of uh, dogs. 100%. Right. Uh, best way to travel was travel at night um yeah. all of these things that are not comfortable, not easy, not fun and That's for terrifying. hundreds of miles. Yeah. She gets to Philadelphia and she says, "When I found I had crossed that line, I looked at my hand to see if I was the same person. There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields and I felt like I was in heaven." Um which is The only time anybody has ever said anything nice about Philadelphia. Oh, Um, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And the good news is we're kind of at a midpoint here in her story. Um, So she gets to Philly and Canada was um, really the place slaves were headed. It was a British territory and the British had abolished slavery um, I want to say the 1700s early, but don't hold me to that. But the, the Brits had abolished slavery in England and Canada had kind of a real loosey-goosey thing with slavery. It's like, it's it's not enforced and we don't have it, but if it's, eh, meh, right? Mm-hmm. So people of color knew that your chances were better in Canada, but certainly good in the Northern territories, right? right. Not being recaptured and, and getting to live a, a life. Um, right. So she's free, but she's alone, and she's remembering her family. And she really thinks, oh, God, if I just went back and I could get my family out of how can I enjoy the fruits of freedom when I know my family is starving in slavery? Mm -hmm. Um, One bit I had left out was she'd gotten married at the age of 19 to um, a guy whose last name was Tubman. And when she was in Philly, she changed her first name to Harriet, which was her mother's name. And her last name to Tubman, which was her husband's name, but her husband was a freed black man and she was an enslaved woman. So the marriage, you know, is it legal, not legal? Right. Iffy, right? But for Harriet Tubman, who was a spiritual person, um, I think she was a Methodist, but either way, she was a good Christian woman. Uh, It was a marriage before God, therefore Mm -hmm. it's a valid marriage. Right. So her husband did not want to go with her when she planned her escape to freedom and, of course, she always had in her mind, I will go back and I will rescue him. And that's what she does. He's one of the first people she goes back for. Wow. But he remarried while she was away.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Because, well, my wife ran off. And we were really married. And did she listen to me? Nah. And, you know, did she put my family and me in jeopardy by running off? Yes. So do I love her? No. And also, she's not here. Right. Right. So, of course, that's, that's heart-crushing for her, but she focuses on her family, and she's able to bring about 17 of her family members out of bondage and into the Northern Territories. Wow. Um, all told, she probably made about four trips down to uh, the Maryland area to rescue about 60 to 70 people Is is the guess. So... The Underground Railroad was a very loosely, poorly defined happenstance and luck. These mm. these were not fixed locations. It wasn't the same house that you went to every right. time. Um, right. And people who were involved were typically Quakers. Um,
0: oh, interesting.
1: So, so yeah, you really. I always had it in my head that the Underground Railroad was like, you go to Mrs. Smith's house and you stay there for two days. And Mr. Right. Clancy will pick you up in a truck and he's going to take you to the Jones house over there, right? right. Not that way at all. You ran you hid in the woods. All. And then you would ask other slaves, um, have you heard of any good white people around? And eventually you would like connect with somebody. And so a group of, we'll call them conductors, might know that like, oh, okay, there's a Quaker settlement Over there, that part of the woods, we'll head to there, right? Yeah. Um, So it was by no means a well-established network of abolitionists. um, And things weren't documented. So a lot of what we have to go on with the Underground Railroad is really just oral history, slaves talking to biographers later, right? Um, It would have been dangerous to put any of this in writing. So here we go. Harriet Tubman She's got a reputation in the North because she's giving some lectures. Um, Lecturing was a very popular form of entertainment Mm -hmm. and a unique lecturer, you know, they didn't have movies. And so Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? There was no radio. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? You're going to go and listen to somebody talk. Hi, podcasters. I'm looking right at you. Um, And so she went up and spoke uh, to audiences because it was a way to earn some money about being a slave and her work rescuing other slaves the governor of massachusetts got word of of like wow this woman has gone back four or five times since she's rescued 60 70 people they asked her to join the union army they would like her to work in the south as a scout and a spy yikes yeah yikes well she's got the accent Scary. she's from the south sure she knows the culture sure uh, she's going to fit right in she's going to fit right in in the wrong ways but no yeah. one's going to be looking at her yeah right um, and so what a great way to gather intelligence. Uh, that's not what happens, though. She shows up um, in South Carolina and uh, basically she's w- working, cleaning and cooking for the troops uh-huh. and not not really what she'd signed up for not
0: what she signed up for there are yeah. some
1: free blacks uh, who and, and some escapes who were also working with the union And Mm -hmm. fighting as soldiers or, you know, slaves who escaped and like the Yankees are going to free us. We're going to work with the Yankees. And so you Mm -hmm. had some black camp followers. Mm -hmm. And there was some resentment starting to build among the black camp followers towards Harriet Tubman. And that was her official name at that point. Um, She was getting paid and they weren't but they uh-huh. were also cooking and cleaning and doing things and and so she to keep the peace declined payment and ended up making this sounds so fake she ended up baking pies gingerbread cookies wow. and wow. making root beer from sarsaparilla to huh. sell to the soldiers to fund her activities
0: oh okay right wow
1: and um i mean incredible that's going on for year or so, yeah. She eventually does get to leave. So I'll tell this story because uh, fascinating history could be really long. Let's let's tell one story. Uh. So while she only, per- let me rephrase that, while she heroically rescued seventy people all on her own over land, traversing hundreds of miles at night and in the rain and through snow, right? right. That's only seventy. She's credited with having rescued hundreds of slaves. Yes. Here's part of the reason why she was charged with leading a group of 300 colored soldiers was the term they used on three gunboats. And what you had was the North trying to break up the South and trying to break up uh, the South's strength, which was it's it's enslaved population. So you had these. What do they call them? They called them. They had these points, uh, these these areas on the river where I want to say de and that's not what they called it. But so you had these safety spots and they were along the river and it was, listen, if you can get to the safety spot, a boat mm-hmm. shows up every Wednesday and it shows up at high noon, you can get on that boat. And that's a secret union boat that will take you up the river towards freedom, the North way of siphoning off the labor. Right. So, uh, the, The Battle of Combi, Harriet Tubman is leading these three gunboats. She's the leader. This is indisputable. She was not just there working under some white guy. This was her operation. Okay. Three gunboats, and they get to uh, one of the the rescue points, and there are hundreds of people there. They've got—it sounds silly, but it's also true. They have chickens tied to their legs— They have rice pots on Uh their head that are still steaming from the rice that they cooked, right? They are bringing food with them. They are ready to go. They have been waiting. They have their children with them. Um, You have old people. You have people who are sick and broken, right? And Mm -hmm. they load up the first boat and all the slaves who didn't get onto the boat start swimming out to the water, wading into the water, holding onto the boat. Mm-hmm. And you have so many people, the boat can't move. Oh my God! Now the Southerners know that this stuff is happening, and yeah. you know part of it's like, we're oh, losing two hundred people today. Uh, but baby, uh, but we've got to fight this other fight up here, and this is more important. We'll get the slaves back after we conquer the North. That's right. Part of the reason why, how, why would they allow this to happen? They didn't really allow it to happen. They had to prioritize, and it was that whole thing of, we'll just when we win, we'll own everybody. Yeah. Fuck like you, Pennsylvanians. Um, and so Harriet, uh, the ship captain, asked her to please help him. And he said, can't you tell your people to let go of the boat? There are more boats behind. We'll try and get everybody, mm-hmm. but no one's going to get through if these people don't let go. And this mm-hmm. is their hope. I mean, this is, they, yeah. they had no idea there's other boats coming Right. And so she starts singing a song, and nobody knows what the song was, but it's probably uh, some sort of a spiritual that uh-huh. the, uh, the other slaves on the boat pick up, and the slaves in the water holding onto the boat receive a message that help is on the way, there's salvation coming, and all they have to do is wait. So okay. they let go, and then she rescued 750 people. Damn. Amazing. Yep. And so... Um, Eventually, she finds her way to Canada. Um, she remarries, and she spends the rest of her life trying to help people, um, and in particular, poor, colored people. And she decides it would be very good to have a nursing home for the elderly uh, African Americans. There's nobody taking care of them outside of whatever few random Christian charities happen to be doing something for a week right? Mm -hmm. So let's set up a permanent space. So she bids on some land that's up for auction and she wins the bid. And it was just over a thousand bucks, which she didn't have, but she intended to try and raise the money. Um, she barely manages to raise the money and she wants to create the John Brown nursing home essentially, but it doesn't end up becoming that ends up becoming the Harriet Tubman Education Center for training former slaves in how to be maids. Wow. Yeah. Not something that she's really thrilled about, but at the same right. time she recognizes, well, it's offering income. Right. And what you know, what else are are my people going not to a lot do? Options, right. Yeah, exactly. So uh fast forwarding she dies in poverty and she Aww. Yeah, unfor- I mean but again, it's kind of like, well, what what was the likelihood that she was ever going to die rich or right, or anything, right? right? right. Um, and so she, uh, let's see here. She dies at the age of 93 in 1913, which, wow. you know, long ago, but also like, well, that's more recent than I would have thought. I w- yeah. would have maybe said the 1870s. Um, she never really made any money and whatever money she raised, she did send to charities. She did fund her own charities. Um, part of the reason we know anything about her, let me rephrase that. The the only reason we know this much about her is that she sold her stories to biographers and historians of the time, probably Uh didn't use that terminology to describe themselves, but to authors, she Uh would dictate her life story. Um, And there was one woman in particular, Sarah Hopkins uh, Bradford, who wrote several books about Harriet Tubman's life and adventures that sold. None of them were really bestsellers, but that money was used to support Harriet and sort of see her through her life. Um, In 1911, she was awarded a, a widow's pension of $8 a month which not a lot. And in that same year, she also moved into the nursing home where she lived for two years. So in 2003, what? How are we jumping so far ahead in time, Theo? Your (laughs) notes are all over the place. They are all over the place. But in 2003, um, Congress awarded Harriet Tubman $11,750 in back pay for her service to the United States. Wow. And that money was used to um, preserve historical sites associated with Harriet Tubman. So you can go into Maryland. Yeah. Of course you can go into Maryland. Anybody can go into Maryland. Right. Uh, you, can, you can go into the store in Maryland where she was hit with the weight. Really? That's actually a site that's, that's preserved. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and you know, I mean I don't want to say it's cool, well it is cool. It's cool that that's there, but it's cool that they recognize the importance of that location because had she not been struck in the head and had she not had her comas and had she not had her her spiritual sessions with God while she was in mm-hmm. the midst of a not epileptic fit, but sometimes called Something. a seizure, right? Something. Yeah. Um she may not have been as dedicated to the cause? Well, who knows? Wow. Maybe she would have been more dedicated, but it was a life-changing moment uh, yeah. and just amazing that that it's there. So yes, that is what I have on Harriet Tubman. That was my homework this morning.
0: Wow. So that gives us perspective on the Harriet Tubman sex tape that Russell Simmons produced in which I'll remind everyone that um, she was portrayed as mm-hmm. as seducing her slave owner in order to videotape or film the act and then blackmail him into working on the underground railroad with her. So, um, and, and this sex tape was one of the, um, one of Russell Simmons, all deaf digital channels, initial, um, initial, I guess, content, um, for, for the new channel, which was new at the time and the first in a series intended to quote, shine the bright light of ADD comedy on history, unquote, which is ironic if you think about it. Um, Simmons' channel was launched with DreamWorks Animation's Awesomeness TV. It still exists and curates original music, sketch comedy, and spoken word pieces. Simmons was no saint. Um, He had previously courted controversy in the 90s with deaf comedy jams which was an HBO series that gave a platform to rising and boundary-pushing new comedians. Uh, tapings were frequented by people like Spike Lee, but Lee was not amused by the Harriet Tubman video, um, and he took to Twitter to say, Just saw Russell Simmons produce skit Harriet Tubman's sex tape. I ask, why do we desecrate our ancestors? Why do we hate ourselves? Question. And that was August fifteenth, uh, 2013. Ebony said the Tubman sex tape skid was problematic at every possible level. Uh, Their News and and Lifestyle editor, Jamila Lemieux, called it disrespectful and, quote, a new line that's been crossed. The Young Turks, for whatever you think of them, said it made a mockery out of Harriet Tubman. Uh, The NAACP then got involved, calling Simmons personally and asking him to take the offending video down. Simmons was a longtime advocate of free speech, but did take it down and apologized, and we'll get into the apology a little bit later. Um, but since that time, um, he's kind of been, there've been ups and downs for Simmons. Um, he admits in his 2014 book, success through stillness, that he was a formerly a man constantly on a mission to make more money, have sex with more women and snort more Coke than the next man. Um, but he found peace. Although he did say that he was still working on the women part. And in 2017, He was accused of sexual misconduct and assault, first by model Carrie Clausen kaligi then by others, including Jenny Lumet, who's Sydney Lumet's daughter, and Luanne de who, if you know um, the housewives, you know Luanne de She's one of the housewives of uh, Orange County or one of
1: those places. I do not know her.
0: Oh, uh, she she has her own series about her restaurant too. I don't or her bar. I don't remember what it's called, but I think that's still going on. Um, anyway, so she's one of the housewives, and Terry Crews also reported that Simmons asked him to give his own abuser a pass after all these allegations came out, Simmons stepped down from his positions at Def Jam Recordings and other companies as a result, and on February 9th, 2018, he denied the allegations to Rolling Stone, saying, in part, I vehemently deny all the allegations made against me. They have shocked me to my core as I have never been abusive or violent in any way in my relations with women. I am blessed to have shared extraordinary relationships, whether through work or love, with many great women, and I have enormous respect for the women's movement worldwide and their struggle for respect, dignity, equality and power I am devastated by any reason I may have given to anyone to say or think of me in the ways that are currently being described I have separated myself from my businesses and charities to not become a distraction later that year it was reported that Simmons had moved to Bali Indonesia he came back in 2019 but a documentary called on the record was released in 2020 outlining some of the allegations against Russell Simmons primarily those of a woman uh, I think was a model Drew Dixon So he put out several different apologies. And the one that I think was the official apology, um, well, first he said on Twitter, I guess I have a sensitivity chip missing. LOL. Haven't been in trouble since Def Jam. Sorry if people are hurt. Sad face. And then he said, I get it and I respect it. The Harriet Tubman video has been removed. Which, okay, Mm. not great. Um, And then he put out- Oh sorry
1: just I'll say good action in taking the
0: taking it down.
1: Bad words, stupid words, dumb, right? Cuz he's not sorry at all. But he did take right. it down. So, yes. okay, all right, that all right.
0: That's something. Yeah, I admit it's something.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and when when um The NAACP called him, he put out a statement saying, In the whole history of Deaf Comedy Jam, I've never taken down a controversial comedian. When my buddies from the NAACP called and asked me to take down the Harriet Tubman video from the All Deaf Digital YouTube channel and apologize, I agreed. I'm a very liberal person with thick skin. My first impression of the Harriet Tubman piece was that it was about what one of the actors said in the video, that 162 years later, there's still tremendous injustice. And with Harriet Tubman outwitting the slave master, I thought it was politically correct. Silly me. I can now understand why so many people are upset. I have taken down the video. Lastly, I would never condone violence against women in any form. And for all of those I offended, I am sincerely sorry. So that's kind of a mixed apology. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that he has thick skin and, you know, oh, it didn't offend me. But now I kind of get it. Uh, I thought it was politically correct, silly me. You know, but he's it, it, really not taking responsibility there.
1: Oh, it's the silly me, right? Because yeah. whenever you say silly me, what you're saying is, fuck all of you and your dumb opinions. Silly me right. for thinking that I was right about something where I'm right. But <laughs> I'm going to give you what you want because, you know. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, and it, I I mean, it's not that it's tough. Yeah. Um, There is free speech, and removing the video is also free speech. He didn't have to. Uh, I am from that camp of you never apologize for comedy, but I am also from that camp of you have to recognize when you've really fucked up. And so, yeah. yeah, So,
0: I mean, there are some things that aren't funny, and that's partly because of the.
1: I've got to tell you, when I read the premise of the comedy skit, I did laugh when I was like, it's the secret sex tapes. Because uh, it was plural. It was going to be a series, right? Oh, this is just episode oh one.
0: God. Oh, my God. Right?
1: And then she's going to, like, go to Virginia and have to have sex with somebody and tape it to trick oh them God. into doing something for it's her, her right? And Right? Who knows? <laughs> um, and so, shame on me for laughing at that, because I just told the Harriet Tubman story, a little bit of a train wreck in the telling, but... Uh, she is one of my heroes. I would love to yeah. be like her. Um, and yeah, yeah. but you know, uh, anyway, I'll say the premise struck me as funny. The execution was, was terrible. Did you see it? No, it is so not, I could not get to it at all. I tried. I did find a, a website that had sort of a, not frame by frame, but they had oh. like 10 images and then explained like what was happening oh. under each one. And I
0: saw it. It was bad. How? It wasn't even funny. I don't know. It was there somewhere in one of the articles. It was linked and it was just, it was not even funny. It was just cringe. It was the definition of cringe.
1: It's my mission to see that video now. I...
0: I'll send you a link.
1: Okay. Wow. It, it, you're, you're not going to enjoy it though. no but now it's that it's that thing of remember that movie it was called like faces of death or whatever when we were teenagers and like if someone had it that was a big fucking deal it was Uh, a party
0: and everyone got together to watch it yeah uh,
1: i never went to any of those and it wouldn't be my thing (laughs) did you go to one of those yeah sure Holy fucking God, that's awful.
0: <laughs> I don't think I actually watched the video, but I was there when it was being watched. So for, we are, had a lot of those sort of parties, though. So maybe it was just a thing for the people that I knew to wa- get together and watch. I mean, clearly,
1: videos. and thank you for not inviting me because.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, you'd probably be the last person I'd invite to watch Faces of Death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, Russell Simmons did actually talk to um, a a woman named Cynthia Lussiette, who runs or was interviewing... People for a YouTube entertainment show that apparently was called Breakdown, B-R-K-D-W-N. And anyway, during his interview with her, he said that the backlash from African-American women in particular broke my heart. When I got the call and found out black women were so disgusted by it, it broke my heart, he said. I'm sure I'm going to piss off everybody again tomorrow. I got shit that's going to piss people off, but it's not likely it'll break my heart and make me react as quickly. When he first saw the clip, he says he saw a vision of traditional comedy, the oppressed taking advantage of the oppressor. That was what I saw, though it could have been executed better. Although in the video she seduces the slave master, it implies the previous rapes. So I just saw her taking advantage of the slave master and I let it go. Over 30 years in the content business, he said, he's never pulled a piece of content until now. He felt like this video was different because it crossed a line. He said it wasn't the outrage that led to his decision, but the fact that his eyes were open to how the video was being received. African-American women really educated me how hurtful it was, he says, because I never considered rape. I just saw her seduce, take advantage of, and turn the tables on the slave master. That's what I saw. It's really fucking bad, and I'm really sorry I did it. So that's a little bit better that's of a statement That's
1: a lot better, yeah That's a lot better of a statement it's a, it, Yeah, because um, it sort of does what, what it, an apology should do Which is, I'm sorry and I understand why I'm wrong Right And, and so, yeah, it's a lot better than than. The, nobody should ever apologize on Twitter It should just be a law
0: I know, you shouldn't ever say anything on Twitter <laughs> Right,
1: <laughs> just like At stuff all. and retweet it
0: <laughs> Right <laughs> So I guess if if we're gonna take all of his apologies into account, well, but then I go back to all the other things he did to women, and I get mad, so I can't really give him a good.
1: Right, but we have to separate out uh, these other actions from the, apo- the apology. Well, I mean, uh, do you you don't you don't have to do anything you don't want to. Um, yeah, that's- I
0: find it difficult. I think as an apology for what happened, it's fine. It's a seven. Okay. It's a seven.
1: All right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go as high as a seven. Um, I okay. would throw it at like uh, let's call it a six. I mean that's one I'm in my brain I'm like five point eight five. No. <laughs> Round it up, be <laughs> There's generous. Real evaluation <laughs> happening here. I'm not just throwing numbers out. Like, what did she say? Do one higher or one lower. <laughs>
0: So that's not bad. So if you give it a 6 and I give it a 7, that's a 6.5. Yay.
1: <laughs> Yay. Perfect. So <laughs> that is how math should work. Two numbers, they just go side by side. Yeah, 7 exactly. plus 2 is 72. Problem solved. We're done.
0: <laughs> um, so do you have an apology expected or a, a who's sorry now?
1: I have an apology expected and Let's hear it. it's from the US Treasury and oh boy. I am going to say that in pre-show, we were like, what did you do? What did you figure out? Blah, blah. And was, what happened with that $20 bill? And I had no idea. Yeah, um, Harriet
0: Tubman on the $20 bill.
1: Yeah. yeah, so Harriet Tubman was going to be on the front of the $20 bill. And Andrew Jackson will be on the back of the $20 bill, standing under huh? the portico of the White House, waving because he is okay. America's hero. I have no idea why that man is, is even allowed to be... I mean, he got to mention about history courses because president, but what a, what a big dick. Um, so yeah, not a fan of Jackson. Um, so the big famous thing was in Georgia, the Cherokee were on land that, uh, had a lot of gold and Jackson was like, oh, we need to move the Cherokee because we need that gold.
0: We need the gold.
1: And uh, the, I don't forget if it was a tribe or, but whatever, it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court was like, no, Jackson, you can't do that. And he said, I got the army, stop me. Oh, shit. And so even though it was against the law, he forcefully moved Trail of Tears, the Cherokee from Georgia into Oklahoma Territory uh, for the gold. And the Cherokee were one of the few tribes that actually did adapt to European culture, and uh-huh. did um, really integrate themselves right. quite, quite well. So so anyway, um, you know, these weren't, high Gen Z. These weren't people living in teepees, that these were people who had built actual houses, who right. had farms, right? This, this wasn't like a hunting gathering society. This was a established, going into a different subject, Whatever, he's a dick because he basically did a big fuck you to the Supreme Court. And how is he a hero? over
0: the American, Native Uh, Americans.
1: But anyway, so he's going to be on the back of the bill. And the U.S. Treasury owes an apology to to all of us because she's not going to appear until 2030. And they've been talking about this for at least the last five years, right? Yeah. Uh, That's a long time. It's a long time, and they could do it a lot faster. England's changed their money. They put um, Jane Austen on the ten-pound note. Right. Yep. Um, I can't think of other money, but like it's not hard.
0: Just do it. It's totally doable. It's. I guess they just want to prepare people for it or something.
1: Right. Because no one's going to use a twenty-dollar bill in the future. Harry Truman on it. What they're doing is they're waiting for money, paper money, to disappear even more. Uh, when's the last time I actually had cash in my hand? I know e- everything goes on a card that's going to earn me a point somewhere.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: So yeah,
0: dollars don't earn points.
1: So where are we at? Twenty twenty-two. So what? That's like fifteen years. years from now.
0: Nine years. Ten years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Twelve. Just, yeah. just keep counting until we feel like an adequate. A bunch of years. A bunch of years. <laughs> a bunch. So, yes. So, all right. I
0: we, what about we, we you? do I agree. We are out an apology and my apology expected is I'm expecting an apology from the United States and this anyway, um, because they abandoned
1: but they, the United States personally to you.
0: From the United States, not to me, but to um, to avocado lovers, because they oh, yeah. banned the avocados shipped from Mexico um, on February 11th after somebody made a threat to a U.S. inspector working in Mexico. Um, I don't know what kind of threat it was, but a, a threat against their lives, I assume. A threat
1: um, against avocados.
0: A threat against avocados, probably wanted a bribe or something like that. Um, so the USDA then uh, warned that the, the, the then banned the avocados from Mexico and warned that a suspension would remain in place for as long as necessary to ensure the appropriate actions are taken to secure the safety of inspection service personnel working in Mexico. Um, on Friday, uh, they lifted the ban. I think it was Friday, and they said in a statement that they worked with agencies in Mexico to enact more safety measures for its inspectors. I don't know if I were an avocado inspector, I'd be a little bit anxious right about now. But um, the ban has been lifted and there'll probably be an apology to Mexico. Uh, but all, all of us people who eat avocado toast or whatever can can rest finally, um, knowing that our avocados will not be limited.
1: Well, I will say this. I like avocados and I will spend I'll spend two bucks on an avocado. I might <laughs> spend three. I'm not spending five.
0: They're a dollar fifty now. I was as I was telling you. earlier. Is that less than three? I, yeah, okay. they grow avocados in California, though. So I don't know how many. I guess three billion dollars worth of avocados. It's not I heard time it. though. So, huh?
1: It's the wrong season for them yet. They're they're uh, not. Oh, it's not time. Yeah, so there will be this. There could have been this a gap. and I just love the idea of the avocado shortage and the hysteria around. The, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sure that they got a lot of heat. And that probably led in a, led to them lifting the ban. So
1: Yeah. I mean who, yeah. who All imagined the All. Not the yuppies.
0: Hipsters, what are they these days?
1: I don't know. Um <laughs> I really don't know. There's there's nobody. It's I think Gen Z is kind Gen of Z. now the umbrella term that would encapsulate a hipster, a blah, but Yeah. Maybe also it's just that because I'm so far removed from that generation that I just just don't don't know.
0: know. Right. Oh, well, we're ignorant. We'll we'll just deal with it.
1: Yes, exactly what. (laughs) You could have a great day. It'll be perfectly fine. And I will go to bed not knowing, you know, are they called, I can't think of a word that's funny that wouldn't sound.
0: Flappers. (laughs) (laughs) Flappers again. (laughs) All right. um, Thank you, everybody. Uh, We appreciate your time and attention, and we'll be back next week with a topic that we don't know yet.
1: (laughs) And we won't know when we're doing it either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, Bye. Bye, everyone.